0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to She's a Boss podcast, where each episode would bring you the story of an amazing female leader. I'm Becky Bowie, and today I'm chatting with Flo Vinger. Flo, welcome to She's a Boss.
1: I love your intro, and I'm going to walk around telling people that that's what I am. I'm going to introduce myself that way.
0: <laughs> well, I haven't even gotten started because I have a lot to say about your background.
1: Oh, I um, to hear. Tell you me have, about
0: me. You, you have a lot going on. Um, <laughs> all very cool. Flo is the founder of Ving Vodka. Ving is the cleanest and smoothest organic, gluten and sugar free, histamine and sulfite non-detectable, first ever award winning organic kale, lemon peel and cucumber vodka and farm fresh corn vodka for the wellness lifestyle. And some of you guys might know Ving Vodka already because there was a BuzzFeed video that has um, 8.4 million views. Now also Flo has a successful career in the entertainment industry. She's an award-winning writer, director, editor, actor, um, with several of her tunes placed in popular TV shows. You can see her in an American Express commercial, Michael Jackson's "Behind the Mask," uh, Radiohead's "Street Spirit" music video. And she's also worked with comedy legend Joan Rivers on "Joan Knows Best" as the lead editor on a popular sh- on a popular show like Drew Carey's Provaganza, Fear Factor, Big Brother, Battle for Ozfest with Ozzy Osbourne the World's Fair with President Obama and Hillary Clinton, and most recently, Flo created, directed, and executive produced a new pilot called The L.A. Spinstress. So that's what I'm talking about. That's a lot of stuff.
1: Well, I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) I'm exhausted by listening to that.
0: (laughs) So entertainment industry to vodka. I would love to hear how you went from focusing on writing and producing acting to founding Ving Vodka.
1: Well, thank you very much. I loved your intro. Bing Vodka was founded because of a fluke in the beginning, actually. I was getting older and realized I knew absolutely nothing about alcohol, and I realized I sound like a total idiot when I went to hang out with my friends, and I'd be like, well, I'll have what he's having. Uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just never knew what to order, and I was like, this is a bit ridiculous. I don't know anything about the alcohol industry. I don't know anything about alcohol. I'm just, I don't even know what I'm tasting. So I started taking an alcohol course to learn about spirits and simultaneously two of my very close fam- family members had cancer. So there was a lot of kale and these two oh. things kind of like combined. And I was like, wow, I wonder if anyone's ever done, you know, like a kale infused type vodka. And then I did all this research and I realized it was never done before. And I also re- realized that the industry um, is not marketed towards a wellness lifestyle. That's the kind of lifestyle I lead because I started in show business as a dancer. So I was very concerned about my body and what I'm eating. And the more I learned, the more I realized that this is something really to start exploring on a deeper level. Hmm. That's really interesting.
0: And so how did you even go about figuring out like the science behind forming a clean vodka?
1: That is a very good question. I first made... Uh, for the first three years, I made a lot of infusions in my house. My house looked like a science lab with green uh, vials of this and green <laughs> of that, because obviously it was green, um, because I was using kale. And I just slowly, over long period of time, figured out the recipe. And then I had the chutzpah or the, you know, the, <laughs> I don't know, the experience to walk into um A store and slam the bottle on the table and say, You need to carry my vodka. (laughs) It's green and there's floaties in it. I don't know if this is such a great idea, but I like (laughs) you. You're kind of funny. And actually, this is really a good idea. So from there, I started working with him for the next year on perfecting the actual recipe. And then from there, he introduced me to a distillery where we perfected it even longer for another year. And um, then we finally got what was like the perfect kale lemon peel and cucumber vodka. And it's amazing. And so in totality, I think it was about four years that I worked on the recipe.
0: Oh wow. And so was this like four years from four years ago from now or four years of working yeah, on the recipe? I think,
1: yeah, I think no, because we've been on the market for about seven months, I wanna say. And okay. um the BuzzFeed video came out two months after I launched. So then and I think it got has now in like um aggregate 9.5 million views between like oh, wow.
0: and Facebook.
1: And then right away I started selling globally from then. So uh, I guess plus that seven months that I've been on the market. So, and then I think I thought of the concept about maybe five and a half years ago. And okay. so it's kind of been, it was a slow burn in the beginning. And then I really devoted my entire life to it in the last year.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then if if it wasn't going to accelerate, then
1: BuzzFeed certainly <laughs> helped yeah. guess and, you know, What happened there was um, this beautiful young girl um, named Maggie Jung came in at an event for women in film that I was doing. And I was telling her all about my goal for this brand was I wanted to make the cleanest vodka on the market. I wanted it to be all organic, top, no, no additives, no uh, sugar added, very low calorie, but an absolutely delicious tasting that you didn't need to mix with anything or put any sugar soda or anything like that in it. And so I was telling her all this. She goes, I have alcohol allergies and I've never really had any alcohol and haven't had the chance to have d- drinks with my friends. So I was like, well, try it. Here's my card. Call me in the morning. Tell me how you fared with it. I thought I'd never hear from her again. Lo and behold, she sends me an email and she's going nuts about it. She goes, oh my God. She's like, it was so delicious. And I, you know, I actually felt, you know, something from the alcohol, but it was so good, but I had, it was so light and I didn't have any alcohol allergies and she went crazy. Little did I know that she worked at BuzzFeed. (laughs) I asked everyone in her department about the kale, lemon peel, and cucumber Ving vodka. And then I heard from Kane Dip, and he was the producer of the BuzzFeed video. And he called me. We talked a lot about it. And, And my only prerequisite for him was, listen, let's do a real analysis of the brand. I am not trying to pretend my brand is this or that and the other thing let's really see what happens do a real test the only request I have is that if they're not used to doing shots don't let them like drink it and be like oh my god it's so it's not like you know because <laughs> you know I'm basically launching and you're going to set the tone for my entire brand you could like have me go under right. so um that was the only prerequisite I had for him and he's like fine and I was like let's just see what happens and see what the real results are and then they did it and it was hilarious. I love the video. It was awesome. They did a great job. And it was so interesting to actually see these results. So that was super exciting.
0: Yeah. And so I've watched the video, but for those who haven't watched it, can you tell us what, what they covered in the video?
1: It was a test for Asian glow. And if you don't know what Asian glow is, it's basically an allergic reaction This is another thing that I found out, which I want to teach people about because I interviewed an allergist and I interviewed two scientists and I'm working on this in post right now. And to release this video to educate myself and other people about why this thing called Asian glow happens. So Asian glow happens because you're either allergic to sulfites, histamines or ethanol. So five out of the eight people had little to no reaction to being vodka, which was so exciting because- It's it's groundbreaking and it's a game changer for a lot of Asian people, but all kinds of nationalities get allergic reactions to sulfites, histamines or yeah. ethanol. I was really curious about the three people that did have a reaction and I'm not a doctor. So please definitely see your doctor if you have allergies, but I can only say the scientific facts of what's been analyzed and judging from what these other people have said is, that's probably because they had a allergic reaction to ethanol. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's it's fascinating because these are topics that aren't never talked about in the alcohol yeah. industry, but that a lot of people are having these problems with, myself included. I got terrible cluster headaches from sulfites in wine. Mm. And so that's why it was so important for me to address this issue with alcohol. Now If you are allergic to alcohol, you should definitely, definitely talk to your doctor. I mean, there are serious side effects that can happen. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would definitely recommend that drinking any type of spirits that if you have any allergy, take it seriously.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, that's exciting. That must have been such a huge moment for you guys, especially only two months in. I mean, that's.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the, the craziest thing was we started selling globally, and mm-hmm. um, I got from my distribution company, um, Liberation Distribution. They just launched like a year ago. So the owner of the company helped me find a company that was able to um, distribute worldwide. Yeah. So it was quite an amazing because I I really wanted people to experience it.
0: And has have there been any other really exciting moments that stand out when you think about? Just this journey you've gone on with Ving so far?
1: I I think I've been so incredibly busy. It's hard to kind of see. Oh, yeah, to reflect. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. when you start a business, anyone out there who's ever started their own company, when I started Ving Vodka, I don't think I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew I was starting a business and it was going to be a lot of work. But, oh, my God, I mean, I've been in show business for... Let's just say a very long time because I don't want to age myself. But (laughs) um uh and I've you know, anyone in show business knows how dedicated you have to be in order to do the work and how it's really a full-time all-encompassing job. And but Mm -hmm. this is like on a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. The amount of work that it takes to start your own business and to be committed to it and make sure it's all running smoothly and you have working with good people and you're you're putting out a good message and I mean, for me, it was also a lot deeper because this brand isn't just an alcohol brand to me. It's my name. It's my family, yeah. my history. It's, um, you know, I, my dad told me a story about my grandfather who basically started making his own wine and he had these jugs and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you threw those jugs away. They were like these awesome oh. jugs like 1813 or something. But he had a picture of it and it's just amazing. And I was like, I didn't even know this was part of my history. I, I was like I never even thought I would be doing this in a million years. It was but my fate. Old, huh? It was fate. I guess so. <laughs> but the goal of the company, you know, um, you know, as you get older, you kind of become at least I am becoming less and less self-involved and I want to give back and make sure that I'm part of the conversation in a way that is productive and positive. Mm-hmm. So my company is a way for me to do that. It's a way for me to give back in philanthropic um, goals that I have in the company. I've already been working with um, less fortunate kids to help them, you know, be a part of show business and I'm involved in a lot of nonprofit things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge goal for me with the company also to create media that is for strong female protagonists that Mm -hmm. I think are good stories and make people think putting out a lot more comedy into the world. I think laughter, we forget to laugh. You know, these times are so hard and challenging and there's a lot of pointing fingers and a lot of comedy that's done in a hurtful way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, Try with my company to elevate comedy and thought and proactive thinking with something that is more positive drink uh, drinking or positive drinking, <laughs> uh, or positive, um, you know, media. So mm-hmm. there's a the media division. There's the philanthropic division. There's my family. Um, I'm I'm helping my family work and make money and all my friends and involving people that I love and care about to give them work and give them a place to thrive. And I want my company to be a place where people love to go to work and to be understanding about doctor appointments and things like that, you know, things that we all hate about going to work. Like, I lose myself. I don't know who I am anymore. It's all about (laughs) my job. So, you know, I mean, I would like, you know, in theory to be that kind of company.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. All of that stuff is so, I mean, just covered a lot of stuff. And, and you were mentioning a moment ago how kind of your experience in the entertainment industry and how you learned, you know, you had to be very dedicated and work really hard. And now it's like a whole other level. But it sounds like also your experience in the entertainment industry is helping feed into some of these areas of focus that you're adding to the vision for
1: the company. When I was younger, I would always call my dad and be like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with my life. Oh, I want to be a dancer. I want to be a singer. I want to be an actor. I want to be a director. I want to be an artist. <laughs> and I was it would drive me crazy. So basically, I did all of these things before I did this. And I said, well, at some point in my life, all of these things have got to come together and make sense. because." Yeah. I'm doing all of these things. Like I was a musician and made five albums. Like, what was that about? You know, <laughs> um, you know. So it does. It 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 did. It is coming all together, which is a relief. You yeah, know, to, to see all of this stuff paying off because now I'm be able to direct. You know, I'm doing a commercial spot right now, and i will be able to direct the composer and say, "Okay, put more reverb on it," and speak their mm-hmm. language as opposed mm-hmm. to like. You know, I don't like it, but I just don't know why. It should be more right. blue. And it's like, you hate when you get directions. Like, that. like <laughs> what, what does that mean? How do I make something more blue? Like, I don't know. Make it more um, edgy. <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, when you get terrible direction, it makes you want to pull your own hair out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That is helpful. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what, what that career path looked like prior to being. So, can I know that you, you mentioned that you've been in the business for a while, but can you give us kind of a, a, a quick recap of, how you started from dancing and then, you know, music videos and eventually um, producing. Well, if we go back to the beginning,
1: I think it started with my mom putting tinfoil over her turkey baster and singing to like Saturday night fever albums. <laughs> <laughs> from there, um, No, you know, I, I went to Parsons school of design in New York city and thought I was going to be like this artist, which I still love doing art. And I had summer off and always loved dancing because I was a go-go dancer. That's how I made my money. While I was going to art school, I'd, you know, not pole dance, but go-go dance. Like, yeah. let's be people. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone would pay me to pole dance, but I'm just saying. <laughs> They'd be like, get that little boy off the stage. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was go-go dancing. And I was like, God, I just love dancing, you know? I didn't go to party or drink or do anything Torrid like that. It was really all about the music. And I was like, well, maybe I should like really kind of do this seriously. And it was, it was fate. Talk about fate. I was taking the subway and I never read the paper, at least at that age, I would never read the paper. And right next to me was a paper. And I looked down and opened was this small little box and it said last days of Alvin Ailey signups. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. So I grabbed it, I ran down to Alvin Alley, and I begged them. I said, please, please, please take me. I know this is like the last day you're like closing your doors, but please take me to your summer program. They took me, and it was – that was it. I was done. I I became a professional dancer from there, and um, then it turned into becoming an actor and becoming a writer-director, and you just kind of like start unfolding your whole show business life from there.
0: Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like in that moment, you just sort of bolted and and, like acted – On instinct, you didn't let your, you didn't give yourself the time to overanalyze it and talk yourself out of it.
1: (laughs) Hearing your words back to me makes me realize I think I do that my entire life. (laughs) My friend does an impersonation of me that's hilarious. He's basically like, watching you is like trying to watch a baby walk for the first time, but somehow you wind up where you need to go. So it's like, I basically. Just decide to go from A to B or whatever A to Z, and I stumble my way through like flailing about, but I wind up getting there.
0: I think that's a requirement to be a successful entrepreneur, actually. Yeah, there's it a little bit
1: of crazy to figure it out, about, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, um, I don't think fear is non-existent. I think fear is definitely a part of all of it, and mm-hmm. I don't know what the driving factor through that fear is you know and i think that's a very real and interesting thing that i quite haven't sorted out yet what do you think
0: yeah i mean i think that's why some people say that it's better to quit your job to go after something because then you're like i have to make this work (laughs) Mm -hmm. everything's on the line as opposed to like well i'll just kind of do this for a while but um yeah i mean fear is definitely a motivator It's definitely a motivator.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's like, you can, you know, you can make money doing, there's always got to be some job you can do, right? Mm -hmm. And even if it makes you feel terrible. I mean, I think for me, mine is more around dying and feeling like I didn't try. Mm Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I had this idea and I just sat on it because I was like afraid to fail or I was afraid that I couldn't do it. And it's like, well, I don't really know if I believe in reincarnation or anything like that. I'm not really sure about all that. I don't know, I w- I'm a recovering Catholic, so I'm not really sure about heaven and hell. Um, so it's like, well, you might just have one shot here, so right, you right. might as well, uh, excuse the ex- expression, but balls to the wall and just mm-hmm. let's go for it, you know? Yeah,
0: like, no, you don't wanna look back and have regrets over not trying something.
1: I don't even know for me. I don't even know if it's regrets. It's kind of like, I don't feel like I have anything to prove to other people. And maybe that's me fooling myself, but I, I, I feel like I have more to prove to myself. Mm-hmm. Than, you know that I'm going to basically like wear the wheels on the car out. You know, I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to, I'm, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fall right flat in my face and get a pancake face. Like,
0: Yeah, like major fail.
1: And then I'm (laughs) going to learn from that or, you know, and then grow and figure out from the next thing. I mean, I've started so many projects that have failed miserably or, you know, they get so close and you just don't make it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's a deep self-exploration thing when you are doing something like this and understanding why you're doing it. I mean, for me, that that was a big thing. Why am I doing this? What's my goal? What's the end goal here? What's how do I want to live my life? You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Especially on the hard days, I imagine
1: you have to ask yourself, yeah, why? Yeah. Well,
0: why am I putting myself through this? <laughs> no, i you're
1: right about that. I think you're right. I mean, because then you're like, well, it just feels like slugging through contracts and mm-hmm. annoying people who don't get it, and a lot of pushback from everybody who either laugh in your face or tell you you can't do it or um, have negative things to say to you. And you're like, yeah, I think you're right. And then you're just tired all the time, or the fear again of you know, is this going to work? Is this going to make money? Am I going to succeed? Will I be able to do all the things that I set out to do? And what if I don't? Mm-hmm. Am I a total failure? Like a big L in my head, you know? Um, and so, how do you deal
0: with that when you have those moments, which everybody does? How do you like recenter yourself on, you know, what you're there for, and kind of pull yourself out of those hard days?
1: Well, after crying for long periods of time in the fetal position at any. <laughs> place in my house or in my car. Um, <laughs> I know I just get up and start doing it again. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I mean, there's not a lot you can do. I mean, it just yeah. it just sucks sometimes, you know, it just is hard sometimes. I think you have to find things, at least I have to find things. And I'm not good at this. I'm going to say straight out, I am not good at really rejuvenating myself. I'm more of the person that just keeps going until the skin falls off of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a good quality that I have. Um, I don't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> I, If I was my friend, my own friend, I'd be like, well, you really need to take care of yourself. Go get a massage. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better at that.
0: So speaking of um, sort of, you know, advice for others and like the way that you would advise others, how, like what kind of, leadership learnings, do you feel like you've picked up along the way that you'd be willing to pass along to other,
1: other women? Definitely do not compare yourself to other people, Mm -hmm. Um, especially being a woman, because it's very easy to try to compare yourself a to other women, which we all know, like even Angelina Jolie, Isn't Angelina Jolie when she wakes up in the morning, (laughs) you know, they have a team of people that make them look like who they are. So it's the kiss of death and you'll never measure up. So I try not to do that. I've definitely been guilty of that, especially being in show business. Like that's the worst. I mean, I am so guilty of that. It's not like I achieve it every day, but that's very important. Then also
0: Mm -hmm.
1: not comparing yourself to any man but utilizing men and women to learn from both. Mm -hmm. The reason, one of the reasons for comparing is, you know, yes, it it can be like, oh, I will never be as good as so-and-so. But the other thing is you'll always be shooting to do what they do as opposed Mm. to, and this is my biggest thing with comedy as well. Like I felt like I've done a lot of UCB, iOS, all of that kind of improv stuff. And my frustration besides the fact that it's really hard to do improv is just that I always felt like, I'm always being stuck and putting in someone else's mold. Mm. And I think as soon as you try to be like X, Y, and Z person, you're going, I want to be like Beyonce. I want to be fierce. You know, that's great. Mm. Like be fierce, but be you and be fierce. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that is the hardest thing for so many people. And I don't care if you have a goal or not. If you know, I want to be a musician. I've wanted to be a musician my entire life, but be you. Right. And I think that is the scariest thing for people to do, because who the hell are you? Isn't that the question we all ask ourselves about life in general? Who am I? What am I doing here? What's my goal and what's my purpose? And yeah. it's so much easier to say, in a way, to say, I want to be like B. Right. Right. Because then, okay, I know what that is. You know, I know she has a, a banging body, she can sing her ass off, she can dance, she has beautiful hair. So you, you know, I'm just gonna carry a fan around with me and blow it on me and I'll and I'll <laughs> shake my fan. <thigh. laughs> but you know, but it's like who am I? Who who am I? Who am I? What about me is original? What about me is important that I want what do I want to say? What's my point of view? And then finding that. Because basically you're you're just walking on a thin rope in the dark and you don't know where you're going to land. Totally. And you could totally embarrass yourself too because you could say the wrong thing. You could look foolish. Like my first album, I was basically like doing an impersonation of Peaches. I mean, not intentionally, but it's just like um, <laughs> I was very, you know, it was very, very graphic. And And then as I got more into myself, it completely changed mm-hmm. um, uh, who I was. And I think that, you know, as a dancer or an actor, those are the challenging things too, is like, I think dancing is hard because you're doing someone else's choreography and the goal is to make yourself look as much like the choreographer as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think acting is a little different because as an actor, you're taking someone's words, but you're really, the great actors, they're putting themselves into that role. They're it. Yeah. That, no one else could bring, right? So I think there's mm-hmm. a lot
0: more uh,
1: latitude with being an actor. Sure, I think it's challenging because if you're doing a TV show, you have to direct like the previous version, like the p- previous episode or whatever the pilot has mm. established the rules to be. So you're really, I don't know. So it's very tricky, you know, with how you are, what role are you playing? And so for, for this brand from my, and that's what I'm doing for myself. I'm constantly challenging myself. So Ving Vodka for me, is the biggest challenge I could give myself. Say, who are you? What are you trying to say, and how are you going to say it?
0: And yeah, are you totally you- open
1: ended for you yeah. to determine how you want to drive it? Yeah, but that's it's the scary. It's, it's like it's like everything that I've been working towards to be in this position.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what you're saying? I'm going to take complete responsibility for what I'm putting out there, for w- how I look, um, for the material I'm putting out there. You know, the quality or the message. And so that's, that's all kind of, um, it's what I'm dying to do, but also it scares the living out of me. That's awesome. do Do other women on your podcast come say something similar like that?
0: Yeah, I've heard, I mean, everyone has like a different kind of perspective on what they think is most important, but I do, I do feel like the fear or the, the the putting yourself into a position where you're scared, that theme, I think it, it sounds familiar where, um and a lot of people talk about how they had no idea what they were doing and they didn't realize how much they didn't know. And maybe mm-hmm. if they knew how much they didn't know, they wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but, you know, it's like they didn't have a specific plan that was perfectly written. It was all a lot, a lot more learning, mm-hmm. um, but then like learning, but then trusting yourself and be believing in yourself and believing in like the kind of the one thing you do know is the vision that you're establishing and that what you're trying to accomplish and how you're going to get there might change (laughs) a lot over time. But um, yeah, but I like what you were saying about why you shouldn't compare. And I had always thought about it in terms of like, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you're comparing yourself to other people, because it's like, you're only looking at the best parts of those people or the mm-hmm. like one accomplishment that they have and, and you're not looking at the full picture. But I like your point about how that also limits you know, what you're able to achieve because you're basing yourself off of somebody else. Yeah. Which
1: is interesting. And, you and
0: can't I it when you're starting from I scratch. Did it. I'm sorry. So what'd you say? I was going to say you can't do that when you're starting something from scratch. Unless you just want to create a Me Too company or a Me Too brand.
1: Right. Yeah. It's very interesting, huh? Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention just about Ving Vodka is that for the actual spirit and the alcohol and the brand of doing an alcohol industry, uh, uh, sorry, an alcohol brand in in the spirits industry, is that I wanted to um, change the conversation in the sense that I'm putting all the ingredients and serving facts on the back. So I really want people to understand what they're drinking in their Mm -hmm. alcohol. And I really want people to start educating themselves about what they're drinking because Yes, alcohol is ethanol. Yes, you do get inebriated and intoxicated from drinking it if you overdrink. But there is a difference between flavor and quality that mm. you don't really get a sense of if you're not really paying attention to it. I mean, for me, that's what I did. I ignored that my for the majority of my adult life since I started, you know, since I turned 21. And then I start as I started educating myself about it, I realized, wow, there really is a huge difference between alcohol brands and flavors, and organic and non-organic, and um, sulfites and all those things. So I do encourage people to really start tasting and thinking about the alcohol that they're drinking, Mm -hmm. how they're mixing it, and how they're going about their evening drinking. You know, but people uh,
0: people are starting to do that with food and and with you know personal care products. But I I think you're right. I think like alcohol is something people haven't looked into as much, or at least I haven't. I, I mean, I as this well.
1: Is my, this is my thought on it, Becky. I think the alcohol has been a very, very, very touchy topic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, um, I don't know why fear keeps coming up in talking to you, but, um, <laughs> Is a lot of fear that comes up around alcohol, and I think it's since prohibition. It's also bad, you know. There's a lot of shame and, and fear around around it, and also then this thing of like I'm doing something bad. Isn't it great that we're being so bad? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're having fun, but then there's also the positive sides of it. It's very communal, like you mm-hmm. know, even when you go to church, they, they're they're you know the body of Christ is wine. So mm-hmm. there is something communal about it. That's yeah. pretty- together so it's this odd um, mixture and yeah. I think that if we start understanding at least I can say for I'll speak for myself and saying the more I understood alcohol the 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 less fear I had around it and the more I appreciated alcohol as far as the taste and the quality and what the the makers and the producer the producers are putting into making their product because I can say for the most pe- part all the people that I've met that are making alcohol um, are really caring about what they're doing like at the distilleries and making a good quality product. Now, I'm not saying that all alcohol brands are doing that, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm just saying that there's a difference in, in my experience being, you know, coming from this industry into this industry from a fresh perspective and saying, well, I knew nothing about you guys. And I'm just shaking your hand and saying, hello. And, realizing, wow, this is, this is a lot deeper and more complex than I really ever wrap my head around. Yeah, I can imagine. Anyway, so I don't know. It is, I mean, it is something to kind of think about, you know, because we tend to get in a pocket and just, and then, you know, just kind of go with what other people are doing or Mm -hmm. kind of trust the advertising that's coming out or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. It's just been an in- interesting journey for for me to really learn more about spirits and wine, and and uh, oh, I bet you appreciate it in a different way. Oh
0: yeah, I bet I bet you learn so much more than you ever realized you were going to learn <laughs> going into the process. Yeah, and, I,
1: and I'm still learning. It's still my mm-hmm. palate is uh, so developed. You know, I mean, I think with vodka too. I think everybody's like, oh, it's a tasteless spirit. It's this era, and it's like it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not a mm-hmm.
1: There there are differences. Um, You know, it just depends, again, what you're getting and if you're going to pay a little bit more to get something a little higher quality, you know, um, some people just want to have something to go and have a party with. And that's, you know, I understand that too. But um, anyway, it's just kind of like, I I find this topic to be a very interesting topic because, you know, of where our country and the history of um, alcohol and drug use is, the conversations are constantly shifting and changing, you know. With marijuana too, and being legalized or trying mm-hmm. to be legalized, um, there's a lot to be discussed because it, it's it definitely affects um, the country, you mm-hmm. know. And how we, uh, focus on uh, you know spirits and and uh, drug use and stuff like that. So yeah, it's yeah. a very, it's it's a very interesting. interesting topic to talk about. Yeah, I mean, what awesome. are you? What cool. are your thoughts about? Um, how you've seen the change of spirits in the United States over the past like 10 years.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to separate what I've seen in the change in the country versus just me getting older and, yeah. and, you know, and the way that my relationship with alcohol changing as I got, have gotten older. But I mean, I'm from Oklahoma, so I, I know what you mean about, you know, a lot of people like your first experience with alcohol is like, Oh, this is something bad. And that's why I like it. <laughs> um, to what was, it, eventually... what was your
1: first drink, do you remember?
0: Oh. Um, it was probably beer. It I'm was sure it was beer.
1: Did you like <laughs> it or were you like, Ew, this is gross?
0: I think I used to I used to like take little sips of my dad's beers and I thought it was really gross then. <laughs> um and then I eventually you know appreciated it over time and then of course different types of spirits and stuff. Um but yeah, definitely, as I've gotten older, and especially, you know, having been pregnant and breastfeeding, and so having like stopped drinking, resumed it, stopped, resumed all this stuff, i'm I'm always trying to figure out what what my relationship with alcohol is. and um especially, like you said, like if you're drinking the wrong types and then you just feel horrible, um, that can be even worse as you get older. So, but that I think with everything else in life, it's like as you get older, you also, Um, and this is both age, but also just the way things are moving in general with a lot of people is that you, you appreciate quality a lot more and you actually pay more attention to the things that you're putting in your body and, um, and and you don't just buy the cheapest thing or, or the thing that has the best advertising. So yeah, it's
1: kind of like your go-to now. What do you like to drink now? Um,
0: I don't know that I have a go-to, like I was drinking wine pretty exclusively for a while, but then I just like recently haven't wanted it as much I don't know it's getting really hot here in Texas um, and so I definitely like I like vodka as well like I'll do vodka soda or um, I don't really typically drink spirits just on their own because um, it, it's
1: too intense for you is that why yeah
0: yeah I think so
1: that was actually why I created this brand was that yeah. the reason because I love the idea it seems so sexy to me to have like, I'm gonna have scotch. Gimme. Yeah. <laughs> <starch."> um <laughs> you know, with like a maybe like a Betty Davis kind of attitude. <laughs> um but then I drink and I'd be like the most totally. like, horrible experience ever. Um so when I did and I know vodka's been very guilty of um being kind of like rubbing out compared to rubbing mm-hmm. alcohol or moonshine. Mm-hmm. And so my goal with this Ving Vodka line was to make it a sipping experience and to make it very, very elegant. So literally, mm-hmm. you have to throw it on the rocks with a twist or whatever yeah. and sip it. And I'm going to send you some. I don't know how I'm going to get it to you, but I'm going to get it to <laughs> i have to send it to another state. <laughs> yeah. Get it to you legally. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you're going to see. It, it's just, um, I'd like to say I achieved my mission with... yeah. I mean everybody who tastes it tastes says it tastes like um you know like a vodka spa water. Because it's you know, got that cucumber and lemon and the yeah. cucumber, just it's very aromatic and just extremely smooth and silky. So um you don't have that coughing, you know, after you mm-hmm. would take a sip. But that was my thing exactly. And especially I think women have much more sensitivity with their olfactory. So mm-hmm. as soon as they take a sip, it's like but you know. Yeah. So that that was my goal and that's why I think it took so long to perfect it was cuz I knew what I was trying to achieve with it and it's like well how do you do that and still maintain flavor right uh, and a good balance and something that's actually enjoyable
0: yeah so yeah, but that
1: that. that that that's really interesting that 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 was your experience cuz that was mine too
0: yeah, and I feel like a lot of us associate, you know, drinking liquor by itself as like cheap shots when you're younger. You know what I mean? Yes, but then, right. then as you get older, you're right. Like a lot of my peers, especially men, um, will just drink scotch or bourbon or whiskey or whatever on the rocks, and then you're like, wait a minute, I I, I want to get it on that. But then you try it, and you're like, never mind, <laughs> I'm not I'm not into this. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it, and it is interesting too. You know, um, the other thing I realize is that. You know, we made a Bloody Mary, like uh, Fred's Barney's New York has Ving Bok on the menu on their Bloody Mary mix. And uh, so we decided to try it because I have the corn and the kale, lemon, cucumber. Mm -hmm. And so we made two Bloody Marys, one with the corn, one with the kale, lemon, cucumber. And I thought, well, all that flavor is going to get lost, but it doesn't. It it, it is that um, even if you use, you know any kind of, and I tried another brand with just like um cranberry juice. And I was like, Oh, I really can actually taste the, ah. the, the alcohol coming through and cutting through the mix, the mixer. So nice. that was really, that's something I literally just learned like last week. Cause I was just t- testing something and tasting it. So, and then I, we made a lot of cocktails last night and I was like, Oh wow. You know, I, I know what I'm looking for now. And so mm-hmm. I can really taste it. And even though you're smothering a, a alcohol product with a lot of mixers or whatever that the taste is still coming through, yeah. whether it's like strong or, or gentle. But, um, I yeah. thought that was really interesting to kind of kind to learn that too, because I just thought, Oh, once you start piling a bunch of chuck in there, you can't taste it anyway. But, um, that was and not my
0: experience. Yeah. oh, That opens up a lot of different opportunities. And then yeah. the
1: other thing on top of that is that, so if you're mixing a cocktail at your house and you're trying to create your own cocktail. The mixer is very important, like that you're using either fresh cranberry juice or fresh mm. organic uh, grape. Like we did a grapefruit um, infused with uh, sh- uh, sugar, you know, I'm sorry, with mm-hmm. like a simple syrup, a simple syrup that was infused with rosemary and grapefruit. Oh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was, oh my God, it was so good. But I literally took the rosemary from my garden. Mm hmm. And- uh, School's fresh grapefruits, so oh, that's wow. all the difference in the cocktail,
0: oh yeah, that's why they're so much better when I go to like a nice cocktail bar versus
1: yeah in my house. <laughs> send you so I'll send you some fun recipes.
0: oh yes, thank you,
1: yeah well, but i'm gonna I'm gonna make you a believer I'm telling you oh
0: no, I'm sold, I just need to actually taste it now <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> so, sold in theory we're, though <laughs> no, we're,
1: exactly we're gonna try it we're trying to get it in Texas right now. We actually got a. Offer from a distribution company in Texas, so we're, oh. we're, we're working on that.
0: Yay, awesome! Yeah, keep me posted on that. I will. Well, Flo, it's been so great chatting with you today. I loved hearing your background. I mean, it's a really unique background. Um, it sounds like I, I can't wait to go f- figure out how to buy Ving vodka because I want to try it, and I feel like I need I could use some um, some clean vodka in my life. So, if if people want to learn more about you, your story, how to find. Ving Vodka, where can we send them to go learn more?
1: The best way to learn more about Ving Vodka is to go to the website, vingvodka.com, and if you want to buy it, it's probably available to you uh, through shipping right now, but we're definitely mm-hmm. distributed in California and New York at the time. Uh, if you go to the buy page of Bing Vodka, you'll be able to find all the stores and things that we're available in currently, and um, also, if there's any questions for anybody, they can reach out to us at info at vingvaca.com if they're concerned with alcohol allergies or want to have asked questions about Bing Vaca. We're happy to answer anything we do know. But I, I do want to uh, make sure that people know that if they're having issues with drinking, definitely please see your doctor too, you know.
0: Flo, thank you so much for taking the time today to walk me through uh, your experience with Ving and um, some of the exciting moments and and some of the learnings from your path prior to Bing. It's all super interesting stuff.
1: Well, I feel very naked and exposed, and <laughs> I shared way too much with you.
0: No, no, <laughs> and you know, you know, the fear the will take away a fear that was, you know, my fear. Oh, yeah, that's all fear again. You know?
1: that's fear again. <laughs> we'll I have to say my family did a very good job of make me. That's that—that's the recovering Catholic in me, you know. Exactly, Everything's fear-based.
0: That sounds about right. <laughs> I'm
1: going to hell. <laughs> basket.
0: Thanks, Flo. Have have a great day.
1: Amazing talking to you.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to She's a Boss podcast. And we'll see you next time with another amazing female leader. Goodbye.